I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom, just wait. No time to wait. Very busy. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyn's. Welcome to The Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. Be a part of the conversation as industry insiders, genre lovers, and cinephiles dare to peek beyond the curtains of imagination and dive into the art of cinema. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. Now here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hector, Carla, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I'm so glad that you're here. So this is the first time that you two are in the same room together. Carla of WSTR. Hector of Reshoots. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So I gathered you all here today because we watched a movie called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Came out last year. We're watching it now. So to get the ball rolling, um, Hector, since this was honestly your idea, how did you first hear about the movie? Uh... So it started off, I'd seen Swiss Army Man. I really enjoyed it. Then I saw the trailer for Everything Everywhere, and I'm like, oh, I love the Daniels. This seems like fun. So I dragged Ed to go see it, because Ruthie was too busy that day to see it. And then we both cried. I came back, and I took Ruthie the next weekend to go see it again. Nice. So you saw it when it came out. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. So... I heard of this movie before it came out, when it was out, and I was everyone's like giving it praise because I'm a big A24 fan. And for some reason, I was just too busy. I didn't go see it. And you know, I finally watched it uh, this week. And Carla, are you in the same boat? Have you seen this movie before? Or is this the first time you're watching it? This was my first watch, but I did hear about it when it had its uh, theater release. Oh, yeah. So... Were you in the same boat where you're like, I just don't have time? I mean, you're down the, you know, in the far reaches of space, in the wild space. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like life's been busy, so getting to the movie theater has been it's a struggle. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> but I had friends who saw it, and they talked about it, and they were like, oh, it's really good. It's, you know, I mean, we'll get into it. But uh, And A24, they're kind of known for doing, like, weird, strange films. Oh, yeah. Like, didn't they do a hereditary they did and i have not watched that and i do not watch you haven't it. seen hereditary no, you gotta I, see it i can't watch those movies i mean I it's sleep. it's a bit I rough <laughs> it's already asked her right yes he yeah, did midsummer asked, too someone once asked him in ama are you okay and he said no <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah, yeah i mean carla have you have you seen an a24 movie besides everything everywhere all at once um, I mean, if you name a couple that's come out, I'll... Swiss Army Man, Midsummer, The Lighthouse, The Lighthouse. No, no, yeah, these are all like not in my wheelhouse of movies. Do they do? They have that. They have that weird like horror element to them, and they I do. don't do horror films. Yeah, wow, I literally, out. I literally won't sleep for weeks. So, uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Have yeah. you seen that one? No. That one's a really cute, family-friendly film. That's a twenty-four. Okay, haven't seen it yet though. Euphoria on HBO. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Okay. Did they do Lamb? They did. Yes. Okay. Did. That's one I might peek at, only because it's set in Iceland and it's my favorite place. So <laughs> it's not really scary. It's like weird though, right? It's weird it's because they have a lamb child, but. It's like That's scary nice. for, I'll tell you, I'll give you the heads up. It's scary for 30 seconds. Okay. That's it. Maybe, maybe I'll give it, <laughs> give that one a go. <laughs> uh, okay. So without further ado, this is not an A24 podcast. This is an everything all at once <laughs> podcast. So um, this movie is getting a lot of buzz. And I know at the time of recording, um, the Oscar nominations are not out yet. I know. Maybe we care about it. Maybe we don't care about it. But for this movie, I want it to win. I want it to sweep just like Parasite did. Because like when Parasite came out, it opened the doorway to like more interesting movies. And this movie that we're going to talk about is super interesting and super weird. And honestly, it could fit into the whole gambit of what the Academy wants. So after watching this movie for the first time, what were our first impressions? Like, what did you think about it? Like, shutting it off, leaving the theater. Carla, I'll start with you. Uh, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, what did I just watch? But especially at the beginning, I'm like, okay, but let's stick with this. Let's see where this is going. Um, yeah, what the hell? But <laughs> I actually enjoyed it a lot. So I thought it was very good. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Like, same thing, like, leaving it, I was, like, filled with, I was like, oh, this made me, it moved me. But at the same time, we have, like, bagels, we have people going through time and space, and then they have to do weird stuff to, to do that. But, Hector, <laughs> what were your first impressions? Uh, I was expecting wackiness. I didn't think they'd crank it up to 12. <laughs> I... <laughs> I had a great time. Uh, like I said, I got like really emotional by the end. I was like, this might be the best movie of the year. Ed, who, you know, Armand has seen every, A I'm pretty sure every A24 film 
came out of it being like, this is the best A24 film. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I I had a great time. I, I actually got it for my birthday, like, first, like, as soon as it released. Really? On DVD. Yeah. On DVD? Well, oh, not DVD, oh. the 4K, 4K. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, okay. I was like, damn. Getting DVD. That's like almost like VHS at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I, I'm not going to get off the fence yet. We're going to get off the fence later. But, like, I think it's a really, really good movie in their whole catalog. And they have a whole range of stuff. I know we focused in on the horror elements of A24's movie catalog. But, like, they have, like, a lot of weirder movies. Like, you mentioned uh, Swiss Army Man. Uh, that's how you knew the directors. And then they made this. And it, it makes total sense. Because, like, um, Swiss Army Man was, like, this weird... Carla, I know you've heard of Swiss Army Man. I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. So it's about Daniel Radcliffe. He dies. And then uh, the dude from, what is it? Uh, the Riddler. <laughs> the Riddler has Harry Potter on his back. And he's like this dead body. And he's it's a coming of age movie. It's a love story. This guy just wants to ask this girl out. And he helps, you know, Daniel Radcliffe's dead body helps him out along the way. So we have this weird premise movie. And then it makes sense that they make this movie, which is so meta. It like, I'm watching it and I'm like, is this seriously happening right now? <laughs> we have hot dog fingers, rocks talking, <laughs> uh, everything bagel that has everything in it. <laughs> it's a vortex of doom. Like this movie, it caught me off guard. I didn't know what I expected. Cause like the reason I didn't go see it in theaters or was all that excited about it. Cause like, I didn't really know what the movie was about. And then after it came out, people were like, it's about the multiverse. I'm like, multiverse? In this movie with the googly eyes? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I knew there was like elements of sci-fi and, um, you know, supernatural powers. Yeah. But it was done in a way that I feel like is out of the box of what we think of with multiverse. I mean, you know, because Marvel's beating that to death oh yeah um, <laughs> so you know we think about it's it was done in a way that was different and unique and it really like got you thinking and uh hector you're saying at the end you know it's a very it's emotional at the end um it made me cry so oh wow that's always like a, a sign that it's a good film oh, if, yeah. I'm, if i'm crying <laughs> oh yeah 100 um, agree yeah but i just like the different the different take that it had on what a multiverse is and um, you know, how it affects those people in, in the movie. I can't believe it did the multiverse with $30 million better than Dr. Strange did with a literal, like small countries, <laughs> total cheap. <laughs> Germany's GDP in a movie. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah, it did come out when uh, the Doctor Strange movie came out, and I saw the wrong multiverse movie. I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize, world. But I just wanted to see Elizabeth Olsen as a Scarlet Witch. God damn it. I wanted to see that, and she was good. She can fucking kill everybody. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, I totally slept on this movie, and I wish I hadn't. And I finally saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, this movie is amazing. And it moved me. So before we go any further... For those that didn't see the movie, let's talk about the overview of the entire plot before we fully dive into it. Hector, do you want to give a synopsis since you saw this multiple times already? This is my fourth view. I just have my fourth, fourth viewing. Fourth viewing? 
<laughs> oh, you're in the multiverse. I love it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I relate strongly to this movie for a number oh of reasons. God. Okay, well, I have the right man to, to do this. Okay, can you summarize the movie without giving away major spoilers? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, and go. So Evelyn is a mother who is struggling with her laundromat being audited. Her hut, And then an alternate version of her husband enters her universe, gives her the gadgets to be able to learn skills and, and see other alternate branches of universes. She uses, and then, but through some miscommunications, she accidentally sets off a chain reaction that basically leads to her, that leads to someone who has complete control of the multiverse coming after her for reasons we don't know. And she has to learn to deal with, you know, to fix her relationship with her husband, her daughter, her, save her laundromat and just deal with her father issues in a two, in a two and a half hour film. You did a great job. Thank yeah, you. That, that pretty much sums it up. We have the movie starts very subdued and then it gets off the rails by the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's security. When you see the security camera footage. Yeah. Like, that, of the husband in the laundromat. That's that was the moment where yes. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Right. <laughs> I thought he was like possessed or something or a secret agent. Yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden he's like he bows his head and he snaps it back up and he starts yeah. doing parkour <laughs> around the laundromat <laughs> and it's like, "Wait, what the fuck is happening?" <laughs> yeah. So like we talked about. So you talked about Evelyn, her husband, uh, Waymond. So Evelyn is played by Michelle Yeoh. And then, surprisingly, uh, Waymond, her husband, is played by, I hope I pronounced his name right, uh, Ki-Hoi Kwan, a.k.a. Short Round, from Indiana Jones. He's all grown up. Like, that's the biggest surprise yeah. of this entire movie. Like, they brought him back, and he's an amazing actor. I was like, what? Dr. Jones, you raised him well. <laughs> yeah. I think him and Stephanie Sue were given, like, the toughest jobs Acting wise, I think. Really? Yeah, because like if he has to, I can give spoilers now, right? Yeah. If he has to play like four different versions of himself. Wait. Uh, let me see. Tax universe. Uh, tax universe. Normal universe. <laughs> uh. Tax universe. The, the one. The one. Uh, the Wong Kai War universe with her being the actress. Did Did you see the movie? Oh, yeah. By the way, I uh, saw the movie. No, no, the uh, the one I recommended. Oh, no, I did not. Okay, that's the, yeah. The actress universe is reminiscent of another film, uh, In the Mood for Love. There's a scene that's a very, very obvious homage to it. Well, would you like to unpack that a little bit? Because we, uh, Carla, I'm going to guess you did not watch this movie either. No. Hector, you recommended a film for us in preparation for this film. Can you give us a little rundown of what that movie is? So Wong Kai War, if I'm not mistaken, is a Hong Kong director. He has made a lot of good films. Uh, Chung King Express, the one with the motorcycles whose name I'm forgetting, and uh, In the Mood for Love. In the Mood for Love is one of my favorite love stories. And uh, I didn't see it until after this movie, but like, I'll, you know the scene where they're in the uh, alleyway? Yes. With the more vibrant colors and sometimes... Very cinematic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone in the I was reading a Reddit thread of, about the movie afterwards. Someone's like, "Oh, it's like in the mood for love," and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to watch that one." And 
I think that's kind of how this movie's language is able to express. Like, you're able to tell which universe is which because they do like they change the the uh what help me Armand the borders what do you call it aspect ratios the aspect ratios they change the lighting they change very subtle details to tell you which universe you're at mm-hmm. and I think and I guess they're they're huge uh, Wong Kai War fans so they were like yeah we can. Let's add in the mood for love, uh, little uh, uh, homage in one scene. It was a beautifully shot scene, uh, that whole universe where. So, to give a little rundown, this movie has multiple universes. It's ourselves in different versions of ourselves because we make different decisions, which then changes the outcome of our lives. And for Evelyn, she made a decision that ended up leading her to become a movie star. And in this universe, she's in this dark alleyway. It's smoky. It's a little bit rainy. And her not-husband in this universe, Waymond, is smoking a cigarette, wearing a tuxedo. Looks like something out of Blade Runner mixed in with Temple of Doom in the beginning. It was beautiful. And if that's a movie, if that's an homage to another movie, you should have just said that. You should have been like, look at this. Look at this shot from this movie. This is what the movie is. I would have seen it. You're just like, go watch this movie. Um, I think it's really good. I'm, I don't mean to clown on you, Hector. <laughs> yeah, I clown on all the time for professionally. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, this movie was a ride. And you know why it was a ride? Because like in the beginning, like I said, it starts very subdued. And then it gets crazy. So in the beginning... Um, like you said, Evelyn's laundromat uh, that she runs with her husband is being audited by the IRS, the ultimate villain, the IRS. God damn them. So <laughs> it starts with that. I'm like, when does the multiverse come in? Because I heard like there's other dimensions and, you know, on the on the poster, she's like a kung fu master. And that's when the movie gets crazy. So the inciting incident is that her husband, Waymond, has a little conniption in the elevator, becomes a different person, and then tells her, like, you need to do these things. You need to go to this janitor closet. Like, he gives her the piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Instructions on what to do to enter the new universe. And honestly, if I were to encounter that, I wouldn't believe. I would think my husband's going crazy. Like, what would be going through your mind, Carla? I mean, she, well, first of all, she, I feel like she was pretty calm considering <laughs> like everything that was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would have been like, all right, dude, like, like you're nuts. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> Sign those divorce papers right now. <laughs> right. Right. There's so um, much stuff going on in this film. We, we have their laundromat being, you know, hunted down by the IRS for fraud um their marriage is on the rocks she wants to get a divorce uh she has a very tumultuous relationship with her daughter um joy and there's a lot going on there's a lot of drama surrounding this family and that's the core of the movie and then outside of that is where this um rapper of sci-fi comes into play where it's like um multiverse save the universe we have this fucking uh, force, uh, Jebu Tabiki. 
Jabu Tapaki. Yeah, Jabu Tapaki. <laughs> Juju Chewbacca was my favorite. That was my, yeah, I was just going to say the <laughs> Chewbacca one was the best. Yeah, that was great. So, like, when this movie really gets going, because, like, this film is, like, structured in, like, the best way possible. Like, this script is airtight, and I was I was impressed because, like, it's structured in three parts. The first part's everything. The second part's everywhere. And the third part is all at once. And it fits the title of the film because, like, I didn't know what the title meant. And then, like, going through this whole movie, it all made sense uh, given the structure of how it was written, especially with those uh, subheadings as we're going through the film. So, Hector, would you like to explain part one of this film and why it's called Everything? It's kind of the part where it's introducing you to the multiverse and the idea that, in a sense, everything's connected. Because, like, if you make one chain, you know, chain reactions, right? You change one small thing, it leads to a whole other universe. And that sometimes can bubble up and ripple to, like, a whole different life. Right. So... From what I understand, it, everything's just like, okay, here's everything that's it, – it's explaining the rules of the movie and the logic of the movie and mm-hmm. just kind of like the characters. It's the intro. It's like here's everything we've got. I guess it's kind of like it's just everything's here on the table, and you and it, you take time to explore it. Right, because like in this part of the film, they do a great job of like letting the viewer know what the rules are, what the universe is what the plot is going to be because like we're going through Michelle Yeoh's character, Evelyn, uh, her perspective and how she is uh, dealing with these things. And we're in this seemingly normal office building of the IRS. uh, And she's talking about her business. And then the fantastical elements come in. We have a different version of her husband, Waymond from the alpha (laughs) universe where the prime universe and he gives her specific instructions she then breaks into because she didn't do them right. Like, I think it was like put your shoes on the wrong feet and like think that you're in the janitor closet. She didn't like fully commit. So then she like splintered. So she was like half in our universe, half in the other universe. Yes, Hector. She did it right. If you do it right, you have a green, uh, you have a green light when you press the button on her Bluetooth headset. On her Bluetooth headset. If it's wrong, <laughs> she does it yellow. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So that's one of the few she did right. I think the splintering is uh, just to show, like, again, the clay pot element of the movie, where it's like, if you don't know how to manage it, uh, it kind of, your mind kind of splinters and splits. Uh, Which reminds me, do you know this movie had a subplot that was taken out where Evelyn had undiagnosed ADHD? No. Interesting. When you know this and you rewatch the movie, a lot more... You the, it, the DNA of that subplot is everywhere in the movie, like the fact where it's like you know I I have ADHD I'm not I don't hide it, and like the part where it's like oh like she's daydreaming a lot because she's trying to her mind's going all over the place that is a lot of what it feels like. Hmm. Makes sense. Oh my god, you're right. My brain knew, the director but I didn't. The director actually didn't actually while doing research on the ADHD aspect learned he had ADHD. Really? So, yes, it was one of the Daniels. I can't remember which one. Very interesting. Oh yes. my god, I didn't even realize that. But it totally makes sense because, like, um, as this movie progresses, 
we mentioned it with that other film where she's a movie star. And of course, I want to be in that universe where I'm highly successful. My name is in lights. I'm a fashion icon. And then, you know, she keeps on daydreaming about that rather than being in the moment, being in where she needs to be, which is fighting off uh, this uh, entity that Joy has become into, Jabu Tobiki. Did I say it right? <laughs> Jabu Tabaki. Jabu Tabaki. Jabu Tabaki. Jabu Chewbacca. So <laughs> <laughs> Jabba. Jabba. Jabba Chewbacca. Oh, Jabba. Okay. So, anyways, back to the movie. Yeah, she keeps on daydreaming about that. Like, she'd rather be in there. But, like, to interpret that as she has ADHD, like, oh, my God. It totally makes sense, Hector. Like, that's an awesome uh, detail. Do you wish that they kept it in? Or do you want that subtleness in there? I don't know, to be honest. Like, it's a good answer. My, so I'm trying to say things without going too personal. Uh, my dad doesn't fully get it because he's the only one in the family that doesn't have it. So if it was more in his, if if it was more there as an actual subplot, I think it would finally lead to some understanding. I think because it's hard for me to explain it sometimes. But at the same time, like the subtleness kind of makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, I like I like subtleness. Less is more. You're watching the wrong movie, Armand. <laughs> I know. This movie was an extravaganza and I loved it. Like this is like true cinema. Martin Scorsese came out and he like looked directly at the camera and says, This is cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, like this part of the movie, the first part of the movie, uh, establishes the rules, and we see uh, the Alpha Waymans and like th- their technology to go through different universes is so like cassette retroism, like Star Wars, Carla, <laughs> where it's like shit's just like bubblegum wrapped and you know yeah. like buttons it, everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> got the headset. Looks like something on Super Nintendo. It, it looked fucking awesome. I was like. Yeah, because like you could have went the Marvel route and have it like super fantastical, but like it's so subdued in this. I truly appreciate it. It's awesome. We need more of this. I I didn't recognize at first, but Jamie Lee Curtis was great as I know. the the tax the the IRS uh, employee, and I kept looking at her. I'm like, is that Jamie Lee Curtis? And then, <laughs> I don't know at what at what point like my brain like was like, yeah, that that's her. I don't know, maybe just because of like the hair, the hair. and everything, but she was great. Oh, she was fantastic. Especially when she turns into like her other like like her other one of her parallel uh, universes and she's like those she's almost like a zombie like, you know, running through the office. So I was like, this is great. <laughs> she staples a thing to her head. Yeah. The the WWE wrestler bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so great because, like, this movie, um, they have to do very specific things to go jump into other universes to their other selves, like eat chapstick, staple, a post-it note to your head. Um, uh, Michelle Yeoh's Evelyn, she had to say, and genuinely mean it, I love you. 
<laughs> to Jamie Lee Curtis's character. And that was, oh my God, this movie. It was off the wall. Absolutely uh, love it. When, when she has to say, I love you, you know, they, throughout that whole scene, they're playing Claire de Lune, like suddenly in the yeah. background. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it took me this time to realize it, but as she's like, as it's everything goes slow motion, you can hear the like, it, like the I love you, I love you, and the actual uh, soundtrack or like uh. music. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's all those subtleties that that make it awesome. I absolutely love it. So, yeah. So, with this movie, we have this multiverse, and we have these set rules established. And like, one thing we need to talk about is Joy's character, the main antagonist. Because, like, we have the the minor antagonist of Jamie Lee Curtis's character, the IRS agent. She's trying to uh, stop Evelyn because Evelyn apparently is a very important character, very important figure in this multiverse <laughs> that could stop. Sorry. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't want to spoil. Just, just I don't. We're in spoilers. Huh? We're in spoilers. Okay. Well, the whole thing is that she's such a loser in this dimension that it gives her the ability to branch off into other, <laughs> to get all these other skills. Evelyn? Yeah. That was the big reveal, was, like, why she was so special in this universe. Yeah, because, like, you know, she sees all the di- all the different versions of her of herself, and they're, like, a kung fu master, a movie star, um, I don't know the other ones, but, like, you know, like running a laundromat where... You have to commit fraud to make money. Your your marriage is falling apart. Like you're not in a good spot. And then your daughter hates you. It's like you're not in a good spot. So like it makes sense that you know she's a loser in this dimension. And the way she like uh gets her powers, her body doesn't change. Cause like mm-hmm. when she becomes a kung fu master, it's not like she like puffs out and like it's muscles or something um my favorite part is when she becomes a kung fu master and like her pinky gets really strong (laughs) (laughs) she's like flying people back with just using her pinky that was great yeah they really knew how to they knew when to hold back on certain like when to leave a certain joke be and when to just like how far can we push this gag. I don't know. It was fun. Yeah. So getting back to the movie. So we need to talk about Joy's character. We talked at length about Evelyn, talked a little bit about Waymond. We need to talk about Joy. So Joy, AKA Jabu Tabaki. I said it right this time. Um, is the main antagonist. And what's interesting is in our universe, the prime universe, she's just an angsty teenager. She just wants to be accepted. She's trying to get that acceptance from her mom. And her mom is being bad. <laughs> uh, so, like, what's interesting with her character is, like, throughout all these different realities, all these different universes, she has some sort of plight going on. Like, she has, like, this trauma that's, like, unending. And she ends up becoming this uh, new persona because of experiments in the Alpha Universe by Waymond and his team, she gathers all of everything and everywhere all at once. So then she becomes like this super deity, I guess. 
Well, doesn't Evelyn, like, push her to jump? Like, she keeps jumping and jumping and jumping, and then that's kind of how she ends up breaking yeah. breaking the universe, and that's how yeah. she's able to okay. be, you know. Um, I went to the bathroom at that point. I missed it. Uh, I was in the movie theater. Yeah, she, yeah, <laughs> like the Evelyn of the Alphaverse, because uh, she knows that the joy of the Alphaverse has the potential to, you know, um, be able to jump, you know, like she has this, like, super ability to jump, um, but she pushes her too far, mm-hmm. and then she, you know, she breaks it, and that's how she eventually becomes the Jobu Tabaki character where she can literally just bend matter and oh, yeah. change things. And she was like, she was very creepy. Yeah. Like just how she was able, and even with all of the extravagant outfits and mm-hmm. costuming, which was great. Um, I don't know, like her expressions and her mannerisms. I was like, Ooh, this is disturbing. <laughs> Since you don't do horror, were you creeped out by that? Um, not really, because this was, it's, to me, this wasn't really horror. It's just, like, weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't have that paranormal element to it. Okay. So I think that's why I wasn't totally freaked out by it. It was just very weird. Um, more, yeah. more uh, strange than anything else. Not so much scary. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to face her, though. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we will all die in like two seconds. It'll turn into confetti, become a balloon, get popped, <laughs> <laughs> become a pinata. Uh, but um, yeah, like with her character, she's so strong. Honestly, this is where like the parallel between now. Now I'm realizing the parallel between Doctor Strange. Multiverse of Madness and this movie come into play because like you have the Scarlet Witch that could bend reality as well. And then you have uh Jebu Tabaki that could do the same thing. The same exact thing. So if they were in the room together, who would That's win? Trouble. Ooh. Jobu easily. You think easily. Jobu? Over oh, the easily. No, I, Witch. I, ha- I have yes. I genuinely believe Jobu, because while, yes, Scarlet Witch can also bend matter, she's only stuck to one one uh, mm. Wanda. Okay. Joy has a bunch of other, you know, ways. Also, I, yeah, also, uh, yeah, just has a bunch of other bodies she can get to. Okay. Also, uh, Joy's nihilism is scary at the end of when you really think about it and yeah. super relatable, but also just scary. You know, like she has nothing to lose. Right. Wanda has a mission mm. as deranged as it is. Save her kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what really intrigued me with her character, because like you don't see that in in media much uh, nowadays because it came. It comes from Carla. You might remember this. I think we mentioned this. Of all movies, um, Wonder Woman, uh, Faust. That's where that ah. idea comes from. The German play Faust, yeah. because uh, the main character makes a deal with the demon Mistopheles because he sees his life to be, you know it's like why why suffer this much where I could have the alternative where I just never existed, 
Like that outcome seems better than a life of suffering and pain and all that stuff. And that's where joy gets to in this alpha universe. Like she goes through all these different, she's, she's jumping through all these different universes where she is. And there's this trauma that just doesn't go away. So then she creates this uh, black hole, a bagel with everything on it. And when she says everything, she means everything. It's truly an everything bagel. And she contemplates that and comes to the decision like, you know what? Never existing, just erasing myself from reality is a better outcome than going through all of this pain and all these different universes of myself. So what did we think about that when watching that? I mean, the everything bagel metaphor was just great. Because now I'm going to eat an everything bagel and never... You know, I'm going to think of it differently. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, this is, you know, <laughs> this is the end. They right colored here. it black, too. So it'd be a pumpernickel everything bagel. Ooh. <laughs> a pumpernickel with yeah, everything, pumpernickel. seeds all over it. <laughs> but doesn't she say, like, you know, she has, like, the poppy seed, the salt. Yes. Uh, but then she's like, yeah, you know, every breed of dog that there is. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it comes out of left field, and you're like, oh, okay, like, this is actually an everything. Right. <laughs> it's a black hole of everything. And I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting a lot from this movie, let alone the 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 device for this storyline being a bagel, of all things. <laughs> a black hole of nothingness, which is actually a bagel. But like, I guess they do, and... You don't realize it, I think, until after the fact. At least I didn't realize it. But on the paperwork from the the IRS, mm -hmm. she circles in black marker. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's foreshadow symbolic of what's to come with the you know the everything bagel. You're right. Because they go back to it too a couple of times. A little visual, yeah, visual yeah. foreshadowing. Oh my god. This movie is it's so well put together, just like an everything bagel. <laughs> Hector, what are your thoughts? About the bagel? The bagel? Everything. <laughs> the I'm everything. trying to jump ahead. Or, I, I'm trying to be careful not to jump ahead and like, yeah, yeah, just take too much spotlight or anything. We're in the multiverse. So you can go wherever okay, you want to go. Okay. okay. Where are we jumping Bagel's to? Bagel's a very good... I'm trying to be the joy killer here, too. But like, there's a very... No pun I intended. Know. I... <laughs> I God damn, I didn't get that. <laughs> uh. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
I've dealt with some of that similar feelings as Joy, where it's like, yeah, nothing matters, why bother? Right. And I think, you know, like, a black hole is a good thing. Uh, did you catch the... I'm, it, it's obvious, but, like, I'm sure it's obvious, but, like, it took me a little longer to get it. Did you catch the whole uh, parallel between the googly eye and the black hole? No. No. Because okay. that was a big part of the marketing, and... Every time I see googly eyes, I think of that movie. But it was really, they really used that in two scenes. But what was the significance with the googly eyes? There was a, there was a subtle third bit, but uh, I only conned the last viewing. So the the way I interpret this movie, the black hole is emptiness, depression, nihilism, right? Yeah, like nothing matters. Mm-hmm. And Wayman says, "Yes, I to this world's a." mess but i choose to fight it with kindness so if it's a white if the hole is arguably like a white exterior with a black interior or sorry with a it's like a re- reverse color so yes wayman's whole uh what's the word his whole thesis thesis yes his whole thesis is basically it's the inverse of that yin and yang Yes. Oh Very, my God. Yeah. The first time you actually see Wayman's face is when she start. It's the first shot with Evelyn in the uh, doing the taxes. Yes. And you, there's a little side mirror on her. I think her left side. Mm-hmm. And you first see Wayman's face. It's a white. The mirror's reflecting white, but the black where the eyeball would be is Wayman. Very interesting. Okay. So that's the significance of the googly eyes because the googly eyes are white, white eyeball, black iris. <laughs> yes. And then the black hole was black, but with the white center because it's a bagel. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Hector, you're so smart. I have seen this movie four times and read a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm not exactly the smart. <laughs> You're the residents, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, experts. Well, I didn't, I didn't catch on that at all because, like, I was like, okay, so like, you know, there's the scene with the they go through every single universe where they're like, every single possible combination of their life, even with hot dog fingers, even as pinatas, even as rocks. I liked that part. I really like that part too. Because I think it gives a good perspective of like both you know like the nihilistic view of things but then also the other side of the coin you know where you know every little moment does matter so make it count mm-hmm. be kind mm-hmm. you know yeah um but you know where she's like oh we're all just stupid and dumb and small and i mean like i've had those moments in my life where i mean especially traveling you know you go to a place where you're among nature and you're like wow i am really dumb and really small (laughs) yes you know absolutely but then the flip side it's like okay we might be these little tiny specks in the grand scheme of everything yeah um but you know make it make it worthwhile and make even the smallest difference if you can especially to those around you and specifically between Joy and her mom. Because, like, with every single universe, there's some sort of point of contention between the two. 
I also liked how one of them, it was like, it was a quick cutaway. She's like emo in one of them. Yeah. And that yeah. perfectly encapsulates her <laughs> angst uh, with her character. I'm like, yep, that's funny. I, I appreciate that. Um, but like she breaks it or she, tr- well, it's through the kindness of her mom, both in that rock universe and the prime universe that we're in. Uh, she breaks that cycle of generational trauma, of multi-dimensional trauma. She breaks it. She chooses to love her kid. Uh, because, like, in the beginning of the film, um, Joy's character, I don't know if she's gay or bisexual, but she has a girlfriend. And she's trying to let her mom know, like, this is my girlfriend. And the way that Evelyn approaches the subject and introduces uh, Joy's girlfriend to her dad is this is her good friend, not girlfriend. So there's some sort of shame. She doesn't accept who she is. And by the end of the movie, she says, this is Evelyn's girlfriend, which means she accepts who she is in that universe. So she has this big showdown with uh, the alpha Jobu Tabaki and Jobu Tabaki is trying to erase herself from reality. She's in front of the donuts, not the donut, the bagel, excuse me, the everything bagel. <laughs> and through her love and kindness, pulls her out of the pits, pulls her out of the, of, uh, the abyss. And she is since, uh, with that action, she has breathed new life. She's no longer Jobu Tabaki. She's just joy. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. I like the whole sequence of Evelyn, like, fighting her way up the steps to get to her. But she's not fighting with violence. She's fighting with the kindness. Yes. Like how she, uh, you know, she's able to, I'm trying to think of, like, what one of them was. It was uh, Uh, the patron. Go on. Well, there's, like, the, the two, like, the, there's man and the woman. And then they're married all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. You hear the wedding bells. And, yes. Yeah. It was, it was and then neat. there was one with one of her laundromat patrons that's always like, oh, your perfume smells so good. It reminds me of like, I think like my old wife or something. So my then dead she, wife. Yeah. So then she sprays the perfume in his face. And he's like, oh, he's not angry anymore. He's, he's happy. My favorite one was the BDSM. Part, because that's one of the no, the guy's one of the directors of the movie really oh really? oh my the, God. Uh, the other director was the guy who got sucked up with from the everything bake the everything bagel really okay. they focus on his they focus on him being sucked up yeah. yes yeah. that's the other director oh that's the other daniel God. that's awesome that's so cool yeah that made me laugh too like that was that was because it was the joke was set up earlier um with she goes to like I think it's Joy. I forget. But, like, this dude is, like, getting beat up in, like, this secret room uh, in his office. And he's enjoying it. And then the act of kindness is putting a ball gag in his mouth. That was great. spanking him. (laughs) That was great. But, yeah. So, instead of choosing violence, which is what she did throughout this entire movie, she chooses to fight with kindness. And that's how... The day is safe because I was watching. I'm like, how are we? How is this movie going to end? What's going to happen? Is she going to jump in the hole, erase herself, happy days? 
Seems what the protagonists want from the Alpha universe. They want to get rid of Joby Tabuki. <laughs> for, for like a hot second, I thought that it was over when she like dies. But then they cut to the movie theater. Because the I was about to, I that's that was another like, what the hell am I watching kind of a thing. And I'm like, that's it? There's no. That's when it broke the fourth There's no way. Ball. Yeah. yeah. God, I can I, only imagine seeing that in theaters. Were people getting up, Hector? (laughs) Uh, Not in my theater, but I've heard some stories online where there's like, yeah, like four people left in my theater. (laughs) And never came (laughs) back. They didn't stick around. They were angry. (laughs) And that's only like halfway through. Yeah, I think that's why they put the part one, part two, part three. Just so like suddenly remind you like, wait a minute. It's not, that doesn't make sense if it's only a part one. Right. (laughs) But hey, could have been a... Maybe that was part of the movie. Like, oh, part one. They tricked us. There's no part two or three. Wow. Yeah, I was watching back it. And pay, pay for another ticket. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that. Oh, God. Like, that's when the movie went full meta because, like, it did the credits. And then it, it panned out to the movie theater of Evelyn as a movie star, that universe. And I'm just going to call him short round. Uh, the Wayman's case. <laughs> um, Wayman was like, wow, I mean, that's a really sad ending. Why would they end it like that? <laughs> Which is probably what people were saying if they saw it in theaters. Like, oh, but that's the end? Like, Evelyn dies. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, okay. They're bold ending. It's like Uncut Gems. A24 movie. Uncut Gems. Uh, yeah, I mean... So, yeah, instead of using violence, which was the inciting incident of this movie, since we're jumping all around, uh, with Short Round, you know, him as the Alpha Universe character, he has a fanny pack in the Prime Universe. So he takes off the fanny pack and he starts using it as like a nunchuck, uh, beating up all the IRS agents, uh, security guards. That was probably my favorite scene of this entire movie, was seeing just him just beat everyone's butt. With a fanny pack. I think he did most of the choreography for that, too. Really? I think he did. Wow. I I could be wrong, but I could have sworn it was like, yeah, other than a few bits, he did the a lot of the fight. Like, the when he does, like, the moving around, it that you can, it's a still shot. It's actually, with his face in the focus, it's actually him. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, he God. came back strong after 30 years, <laughs> after, like, 20, 30 years. Yeah, he, he came, it was a return of the king. And he, he got a Golden Globe. Oh, yeah. Did you see the speech? Did you guys see the speech? I saw, like, two seconds of it. But I oh, I got really it. emotional watching really? it. It was, yeah, he he's, yeah. Uh, I think after that movie, he mentioned later, Feige personally asked him to be in the next Loki season. Wow. That's so, really like, cool. Yeah, he's coming. He's making a really good comeback. I'm happy for him. That's so awesome. I just saw the picture of him and Harrison Ford reuniting. I got a mosh. I was like, oh, that's so great. I really hope he's going to be in the new Indiana Jones movie. It's probably not going to happen, but I just hope. You never know. You never they know. will probably add a like, reshoot a scene with him in there just for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be surprised. You know, it might happen. Disney is like, you know what? Let's put him Nostalgia. in. Nostalgia. Well, the well, Evelyn, will like well, 
Michelle Yeoh and Kiki Kwan are going to be in a Disney Plus show together now. Really? Yeah, it's called like American Born Chinese or ABC. Oh my god. Is it going to premiere on ABC? No, Disney Plus. It It's a popular novel, I've been told. That's a Disney joke. Oh, yeah. I, I, ABC? Yeah. I, God, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's too early for Hector. <laughs> It's 11.10, guys. I'm just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I just rolled out of bed, and now I'm podcasting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this movie it was definitely a sleeper hit. I didn't expect it to be so awesome. Like, everything They're about most... it's so creative. The script is so well-written. Special effects are amazing. Everything, every actor involved gave it their all, especially short round. Like, it was awesome. A24's most profitable film, actually. Not oh, The Green Knights? No, 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 not The Green Knight. No, it's by a lot. I think it, I can, do you guys mind if I look it up? Look it up. Pull it up, James. Because I know it, it was like 30 million, I think. Uh, 30 mil. Not too was, how much it made, was how much it cost to make, I think. That's so it's a lot of money. Relatively cheap. That, I guess that 30 million is cheap. Oh, uh, 103.8 million US dollars Ooh. was the final. Made some money. Yeah. Wow. Well, on that note, are you guys ready to get off the fence on a couple subjects regarding this movie? Yeah. Okay, well, the first question I have is, with the success of Everything Everywhere All at Once, $100 million, do you think we're going to get copycats? I'm not talking about the multiverse of madness. Are we going to get Everywhere All at Once copycat movies that are trying to cash in on this multiverse craze? I don't think so. I mean, it's it was just so, like, bizarre. Yeah. That I can't see how you could take this and, like, mold it in a different way. Because it was a very simple film, yet complicated film, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I think some studio exec, maybe at like uh, Paramount, they're like, you know, that's everything, everywhere movie. It made a lot of money. How can we cash in on this multiverse stuff? What do we got? We got Star Trek. Let's put a multiverse in it. Let's get Chris Pine. Let's get Picard. It's going to be great. Kids will love it. Oh, shit, it flopped. Oh, well. (laughs) More cocaine. (laughs) Yeah. Give me that Colombian bang bang. More Shanghai sugar, please. All right, more discovery. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I say, I say no. You say no, think, Hector. I don't think they could replicate it. Do you think we're gonna get some shitty uh, copycat movies on this movie? So you're saying multiverse, not exactly the style, right? I mean, what do you think a copycat is? Do you think we're going to get like this, but like Mexicans? Got people like me walking around. We have to go back in time. Oh, shit, it's Pancho Villa. I need a... I think there'll be a few copycats who won't get the lesson, but I don't think it'll be like a big thing you know no, um i know universal just signed a contract with the daniels they're gonna make like three films for them Ooh. do you think they're gonna be like transformer movies that's what they if do anyone can do a transformer movie though i think it would be them 
They'd be like, listen, the Transformers are not from, where are they from? Cybertron? Yeah. Cyberdyne? Yes. We're not from Cybertron. They're from the everything bagel. They're from the center <laughs> of the universe. They're actually made of rocks, not metal. I'd watch that. I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine if the hobbits came back, but they're in the future. <laughs> The Middle Earth is actually in the middle of the Earth. <laughs> that would be an awesome movie. Now that's that's how you do a that's how you do a multiverse movie. You have the Shire in the center of the Hollow Earth, and then the Hobbits come out. They're like in New York. They're like, "Whoa, is this Mordor?" Like, like the Tenth Kingdom. Yeah, describing exactly. the Smurfs movie Armand. The what? You're describing the Smurfs movie. You're joking. There's a Smurfs movie where they go to New York. Well, yeah, but I, isn't the Smurfs world in our world? Or I don't. I okay. I I used They're to talk about a movie that you haven't seen. Homes. No, I've seen half of it. I watched it at a kid. I, I used to work at a group home for kids, uh-huh. and they wanted to watch the Smurfs movie. Okay, don't okay. watch it. Don't watch it. I'm I not, lost brain cells. I'll never get back to that day. <laughs> but like, I think it's a similar plot though, because like they come out of the sewer. Really? They come out of the sewer. Oh God. Okay. Oh, my God. You see, I'm going <laughs> to go off my tangents. Because, like, we have, like, the Wednesday show, and I saw half of it. And it's a really good movie. Or miniseries. And for me, growing up, I don't know if you guys have this problem, but I grew up. I'm old. I grew up on the old school Munsters, black and white. Same thing with the Adams Family. Old school, black and white. Smurfs. All the Hanna-Barbera stuff. So, like, when I was a kid, and that Adams Family movie came out... With uh, Christina Ricci, I was watching it and I was like, "What the what the hell is this? We already have the Adams Family." Yeah. So like when the I mean I was like in my twenties when the Smurfs movie came out, like when that came out, I was like, "What the hell is this? Who's gonna watch this?" I know it's not for me; it's for the kids now. But like, just uh, the original show is perfectly good. Why why do we need like this weird animated movie? Probably that, copyright. You're right. They're trying to retain the copyright. Look at all the stupid live action films that Disney is making. To retain the copyrights? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So getting back to everything everywhere all at <laughs> once. So you, okay, so Hector, you think they're going to make shitty sequels, not sequels, remakes, not remakes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down the rabbit hole. You think they're going to get some co- cash grab copycats? I think so too. Very few, very few. Maybe I like think. one, and it's gonna bomb, and the other studio's like, "Never mind, throw away the scripts." There's no money I to mean, be made. I mean, Marvel's already doing the shitty attempt at. I'm ch- <laughs> <laughs> with Kang. He's a good actor. I I think he can do it, but I don't know if the material can do him justice. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Loki show was awesome. Oh, the Loki show was like my favorite. God, but, so good. Yeah. Like that was before Carla. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you a spoiler. I'm so sorry, but you probably know already. It was before David Tennant came back as Doctor Who. It was before Doctor Who became awesome again. With Russell T Davies, Hector. I know you haven't seen it. I'm not a big Doctor Who fan. I know Carla is a big Doctor Who fan. I'm sorry. David Carla. Tennant came back. Russell T Davies came back. We got the 15 Doctor. He's this cool black guy. Like this was in the dark days with Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and Chris Chibnall writing. And like when Loki came out, I was like, this is Doctor Who. This is what Doctor <laughs> Who, this is the essence of Doctor Who. So Hector, Is it really? 
It truly is. It definitely has Doctor Who vibes, for sure. Okay, because I tried watching the ninth Doctor, and while it was fun, it wasn't something I wanted to keep watching, if that makes sense. Do you like David Tennant? Uh, somewhat. I like Christopher Eccleston as an actor. Like, I've seen him in uh, The Leftovers, and he's amazing in it. Because I feel like if you like David Tennant, like, you just have to watch his seasons. Yeah. I prefer him when he gets to be Scottish. I'll be honest, I think. Uh, DuckTales? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I've watched them with my little brother. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very entertaining. It's a gem. Hector, this is your homework assignment. Finish Christopher Eccleston's season, which is series one, everybody. Watch series two, and if you're not taken in by the end of series two, or even like the first two ep- the first episode of series two, <laughs> The Christmas Invasion, if you're not smitten by David Tennant's Stop watching. Just stop watching. You got time. Just go through a different universe. Just jump where you've seen all the Doctor Who episodes <laughs> and just ask yourself, like, okay, is it worth it? And you're a person. The universe like, where no. Ruthie convinced me to keep going because I watched it for her and I couldn't get into it. So you can't even do it for your wife. Well, it was early dating. I watched like five episodes. There's other stuff. There's a World War II episode in season one. It's amazing. I know you haven't seen it because you have no clue what I'm talking about. No. Just watch that. I then watch try. the finale and then watch the first one. With, I, I, I apologize to everyone listening that wants to hear about everything everywhere all at once. We're talking about Doctor Who now. Tangents. Tangents. Getting back. Go watch it, Hector. <laughs> So this is a plot-related question. Would you have prevented Joy from jumping into the everything bagel? For real. If you're in Evelyn's position, she's in front of the black hole, would you stop her? Yes. Uh, 100% yes. I would. I'd be the devil's advocate. No. (laughs) We have this whole task force from the Alpha universe that are like we have this the whole thing we got to stop her we got to stop her she's like this evil entity and if the evil entity is like i'm done i'm gonna kill myself not written not erase myself i'd be like okay i shocked everybody i'm sorry (laughs) no you're fine i'm just i peace uh i want to be a therapist like i'm working towards that right now there's, Given the my context, you probably don't know her plight. I mean, if, if I was in Evelyn's her, shoes. Okay, if you're in Evelyn's shoes. Okay, if you're in your shoes, you still wouldn't? I don't think so. I don't think... This is a great question, by the way, like genuinely. I don't... I'm one of those people who doesn't believe in, like, let's say the death penalty. And I feel like this is a very close circle to that. So, like, you know, like, who's to say, you know, like, people should. I don't know. People, for the most part, can be redeemed. I'd say. Okay, Kanye. Give him a shot. For the mo- I mean, I just uh, I'm not going into that. That'll be a whole other thirty minutes, <laughs> and I'll sound crazier than I'll sound cr- like real like wild by the end of it. So I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, most people can be redeemed. I mean, just looking at it from 
I'm a I'm an empath like through and through. Yeah. Like I'm a Pisces, like that's part of my nice. my whole jam. Uh <laughs> And right. uh, I was a I was a working psychologist in school, so I did. That's you know, right. Kids and forgot about um, that. So I I'm always of the mindset that I put myself in somebody else's shoes. So like with the with the joy situation, you know, she says I'm suffering. You know, I feel you know like I'm worthless. It's not worth it. And my brain goes, well, why? Like, you need help. So I would definitely, you know, be the one to to drag her back to. And you have to think about it, too. Like, it just made me think of people who are, you know, suicidal. Yeah. You know, they think it's not worth it. You know, their life is meaningless. But, you know, the people around them care about them and love them. And it's almost like. You know, you want them to see how you see them do with joy. Yeah, it it gets better. That's thank you, Carla. I think you hit the nail on the head. So she wants to take joy from being a doomer to a bloomer. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. You know, there's another series called Dark. German. It's on Netflix. I'm sure, Carla, you've heard of Dark, right? Uh, I have not, actually. The reason why I bring up Dark is because it also presents the same question in a very similar aspect, where it's like the Mestophilian question, where it's like, is it better to have never existed at all, or is it better to live through life and go through pain? And the answer is always live. Have you read Berserk, Armand? No, but I know the anime. Okay. Uh, I read all of it, and it's very much a very extreme version of that question. Okay. Because, like, the main character, literally every waking moment, through a very believable int- yet intense way, is torture. Every moment of his is torture. He can't, he can never rest. Mm. Yeah, he still struggles on to the point where. Another character always calls him Struggler, but mm, interesting. It's it's the epitome of grim dark. Yet you still persevere through it all. It's very encouraging. Yeah, it seems like a very common motif. And, and the world kinda, sucks. Yeah, it's kind of like the center of the the human condition, which which is suffering, and we must endure the suffering and help each other out. I think is this movie's message. Yeah. Be kind and, I don't know, I, I try to live my life through that way. It's a very hopeful message. Because it's if not the movie, easy, though. No. But if the movie were to end during that fake-out ending, it would have been a very nihilistic movie. And I don't yes. think we would be talking about it. No. Or if had that wholesome ending where you have the family coming together, Michelle Yeoh's character, Evelyn, accepts Joy for who she is, and Joy... While we don't know where her path leads in our universe, you would assume that it's for the better and it breaks that uh, cycle of trauma. That's very beautiful to see. So my next question, I only have like a couple more. Is this the best multiverse story? In relation to like real human issues and feelings, yes. 
Like it's believable. Yeah. Like the Marvel stuff, you know, is comic book, you know. <laughs> yeah. Campy, like that whole thing. This was actually a believable story, you know. Like if they were to say tomorrow, oh, guess what? We discovered how to go to another universe or a parallel universe. This is how you do it. I mean, like, oh, so now I just have to, like, I don't know, poke myself in the eye <laughs> and then press my button and I'm good. <laughs> well, peeing yourself's an easy trick to do it. Too, <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk comes out. It's like, well, you know, this is how you do it. Stocks plummet. Be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh my Honestly, God. him losing his mind through multiverse would explain a lot lately. <laughs> I bought Twitter just to ruin it. Oh well. <laughs> um, I would I, I I agree with you, Carla, because like the meat, say like the smoothie's a sandwich. The meat is that human story between mm-hmm. the mom and her kid, and that's relatable to like everybody, and like that's where the drama is, and that's where. The root of the story is you have this like fantastical rapper all over it. That makes it an interesting movie to watch. But like at the core, it's that person to person interaction and how they overcome the conflict between them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think it's the best. And I think that's why it resonates so much with so many different people. Agreed. Hector. 100% agreed. What? You agree? 100% agreed. Yeah. Okay, so switching gears, will this be nominated for Best Picture, and will it win? In the good universe, yes. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it should. Uh, can I do like a minor plug quickly You'll, with context? It'll make sense? Yes. We do an award show since like last year in our my podcast, Reshoot. Hi, the everyone. Shooties? Uh, we call it the Isaacs because it's like Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah. Shooties. Uh, this one is probably a, a contender for best picture, at least for sure, in our podcast. Nice. Oh, I would love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Um, okay, are you ready for the final question? Will you recommend everything everywhere all at once to a friend? 100% yes. I've been trying to get my work to watch it for months now. Like really? my coworkers. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally late to the game. I'm like a year late uh, to this movie. Because, like, yeah, I mean, personally, I would 100% evangelize this movie because it's so good. Like, it checks all the boxes. It's, like, it's fun to watch. It has heart. And it makes you think afterwards. And we're having this, like, podcast talking about this movie, how great it is and how it made us feel. And I think walking away it leaves you with something to ponder about in your own life. And I think it's a hallmark of a great movie. 100%. I'm going to watch it again, probably. Yeah, me too. So I could pick up on all the subtle nuances that Hector memorized. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had more notes. Because, no. <laughs> like, if I was not late to the game, I would be talking about it with my work. But right now, I'm evangelizing the menu. With Anya Taylor-Joy and Ralph Phineas. Oh, that was so good. Oh, it's, it's such a great movie. Carla, so have you seen it? No, I've heard about it. It's it's not scary. It's not scary at all. It It's pretty... It's it's really dark comedy more than anything else. Okay. Yeah. Dark comedy thriller. 
with a that's really the, good ending. Is that the one they were talking about, like, that they think caused, like, this famous restaurant to yes. finally say we're closing? Noma. Yeah. I think so. Wait, what? You didn't hear about that? The, the no, world's, no, no. The world's best restaurant, Noma, decided to close its doors, and people are crediting the menu for influencing that. Because I think the head chef, the guy that runs it, has looked at the movie and was like, you know what? That's a good idea. I close my doors. I need to look this up after. Is this like a Chicago thing or like? No. Where is it? In Iceland? New York. Oh, it's in New I York? It's in New York. I think. Don't quote me. It's probably in New York. Uh, no, it's not a Chicago restaurant. Um, yeah, I mean, it's big, oh, no. big news. Denmark. I knew it was somewhere. I thought it was in Iceland. I don't know why I, I thought it was in New York. They serve like R- Rudolph. They sell like reindeer penis and super deconstructed uh, entrees. <laughs> that movie vindicated all my views on Chef's Table, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> the secret ingredient is beef jerky. Oh, fuck. How am I supposed to cook with that? <laughs> That's Iron Chef. Whatever. <laughs> You're on the chopping block. That's chopped. You're okay. our next ingredient. You're on the chopping block. Oh, my God. <laughs> Soylent green is the secret ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to wrap up the show? Yes. Let's this, do it. This was a lot of fun. Carla, where can people find you? I know you have a podcast. I said it in the beginning. Yeah, so I am with WSTR. Uh, we are a Star Wars podcast. Uh, sometimes we go off the rails and talk about other stuff, but <laughs> mainly Star Wars. Um, so our tag is WSTR Media. That's all one word. Um, and then uh, my personal Instagram is Carla Marie GIAC. And I also post nerdy stuff and my cats on there if anybody wants to follow me. So. Very nice. Thank you, Carla. Go listen to her on her podcast. And Hector, where can people find your podcast? Uh, most places that we have podcasts that, that have podcasts, it's uh, Reshoot, an amateur's guide to good or film. You can just look up Reshoot, no colon anymore. Like I guess we took Armand's idea from the Drive Angry episode. Nice. Remove <laughs> the colon. Uh, it's uh, yeah. It we just we fix movies that. We like or dislike or even a few audience requests. We just got a request for Velocipaster. That should be out around the time this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, yeah, good luck with that movie. Oh, we already did it. I have Hello. questions. <laughs> have you heard of this movie before, Carla? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene it's... in the movie where I hope it's deliberate. They forgot to put in the special oh, car explosion movie. special effects and text. <laughs> what no it's it's deliberate no i've seen the whole movie it's very it knows what it's doing i gave it five stars just because it's like it knows what it's doing and does it very well it it's 100 percent in on the joke and doesn't i don't it's know about a pastor that, right be, now, but... that transforms into a velociraptor so it becomes Veloza the velocipaster it's free on any streaming service that it's free on most streaming services. Amazon has it for free with ads. It's so I think. good, it's, it's like free. It's a Sharknado kind of thing. Yes. N- uh, sort of. Less budget. Much less budget. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Yeah, they couldn't afford to get Tara Reed, so that's a budget. So more like Birdemic vibes. Birdemic's different because Birdemic set out to be a serious movie, but just failed on every single aspect possible. <laughs> so that's a genuinely shitty movie. This was made shitty on purpose. Also, there's some really good actual like camera shots and like certain transition like I'm also there's some scenes that are like this is like A24 level like crap. <laughs> I'm not joking. No, 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 no. Have you seen it, Armand? No. My friends have. There's oh gee. You, you should. Is it I, worth it? It's I mean you it's 70 minutes long. Oh, perfect. It's 70 minutes long. Perfect. It's it's one I uh of podcast friend of mine recommended it for the podcast. It's Ah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, we fix movies. Uh, actually, honestly, just WSTR. Listen to them. They're really good at what they do. I listen to them <laughs> frequently. Nice. Hector Fuck my Plugin. podcast, WSTR. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, guys, go listen to their podcast. They'll be in the show notes. And until next time, stop that scroll. Spend more time watching. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Hector. Goodbye. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Goodbye. That's it for this time on The Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Keep the conversation going by adding us on Instagram and letterboxed at Syndicate. Or join the Discord server where you can catch Armand along other podcasters and listeners at syndicate.com slash discord. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.